This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 25th, 2015. Lessons from the Plane, The Cost of Checked Baggage. Yeah. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. A great day where we get to hang out with you and with one another and learn more about you and learn more about who we are. And so, God, I would ask for you to just settle us in, take us on this flight, that we might um, really connect in ways that are refreshing and new. Pray this in your name. Everybody gathered, said... Amen. Amen. Okay, so what's this all about? Well, I didn't fall on some ice and break my arm. I had some elective surgery on a finger and a thumb that were giving me some trouble, and um, it's going very well. I had four pretty rough days, but I don't think that had much to do with this. I think it had to do with some uh, viral bug that I got that was uh, laying me pretty low for most of the week. But I had great, uh, <laughs> great, I had great nursing help. Uh, <laughs> Apparently that's over, but I had great nursing help. And, he looks um, okay now, doesn't he? And um, appreciate all of your prayers and uh, notes of concern and uh, support, and thank you. But uh, actually feeling great, no pain really. Like I say, the pain was from something unrelated to this. So um, it's going to be about six weeks, so all things, all things are go. So we're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. today we are going to conclude our series, Lessons from the Plain. Let's do a little recap. Three weeks ago, Pastor Lori talked about putting your own oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else. Last week, we took a look at how attitude determines altitude. Absolutely. Well, this week we're going to conclude this series on the cost of checked baggage. So the month was May, the year was 2008. That was when the first shot in the war over airline baggage fees would be heard around the world. And what major airline took the first shot? Anybody? American Airlines. American Airlines announced that they would be the first major carrier to impose a first checked bag fee. The bag would be the airline would charge $15 each way for a first checked bag. Today that fee is $25, and they are not the only carrier that is charging. In fact, there's only one carrier that's not charging. Southwest. Very good. All right, so if you add up all the fees from all the different carriers for all the checked bags that they're carrying, it adds up to a lot of money. We're talking millions. Actually, we're talking billions of dollars. In the second quarter of last year, the major carriers in the United States collected in checked bag fees just shy of $900 million. That's a lot of $25. In three months. Three months. All right. $3.6 billion when projected over the whole year. Wow, that's a lot of money. 
the cost of checked baggage can really add up. But the thing is, that's nothing when compared to the cost of the per personal baggage that many of us keep checked all the time. You know, those things in our lives that we'd rather just keep hidden. Those things that we've packed away and we'd like to keep it that way. Those hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we've put in the checked baggage area and hope that they stay checked forever. That junk, that sin in our lives, the stuff that's keeping us from getting as close to God as we can, keeping us from getting close to each other. The stuff we figure if anybody knew about us, they probably wouldn't like us, let alone love us. And that certainly includes God. Yeah, above all else, we want to hide our stuff from God. The stuff that, um, that helps us feel unworthy of God's forgiveness. You know, it's really hard to admit sometimes when we've blown it. It's, it's hard to fess up on that. All too often we try to soft pedal it or even pretend that it didn't even really happen or it's not as bad as it really is. For most of us, we're a lot better at excusing our sins and mistakes than confessing them. We're quick to point out the faults and sins and habits and hang-ups of other people, but we're not so quick to own our own stuff. We're not so quick to look in the mirror at ourselves. Some real-life examples, these are excerpts from insurance companies where individuals, individuals explained why they had auto accidents. Let's take a look. Coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree I didn't own. Okay, in my attempt to kill a fly, I ran into a telephone pole. Now, I can almost relate to that, like in a bee, there was a bee flying around in my car once and I'm swatting at it and thank heavens I was, didn't hit anything. The telephone pole approached my car at a rapid speed and I swerved to get out of its way and it hit me. All right, here's one. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and drove over the embankment. Kind Is there an amen? Do we hear an amen on that? <laughs> yeah. Carrie's got some son-in-laws. I do, three of them. <laughs> I love them too. And none of them would have said that. None of them. Except maybe one a few years ago. <laughs> and he's in Texas now. <laughs> I love you, Ted. So he didn't drove over the embankment, he drove across the country. He did. He did. Oh, well. Poor Ted. Poor Ted. It's all right. They're pretty funny, aren't they? Pretty funny. But... Um, there's such an element of reality there we can't escape because we hate, we hate having to admit we're wrong, don't we? We hate it. You know, husbands and wives, how, how many of our disagreements could be so much shorter lived that we would just fess up those three words, I was wrong. Same with me. I was wrong. It's not so hard, is it? No, that's only hard when you're facing another person sometimes. You know, because we all know we're wrong at times, but it's just so hard to allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to admit it. 
Sometimes our baggage consists of not the things that we've done, but things that have been done to us. And, and that's really tough. We have this psychological ability to just stuff that stuff, to put it far, far away. We just even forget that they even exist. You know, some possibly bad memories of childhood or other things that happened to us because they hurt us deeply. But here's the thing with that. The trouble is, even that stuff, no matter how much we try to shove it and compartmentalize it, it usually surfaces at some point. It stays and stays and stays hidden in some um, compartment until one day. And it's important to claim it. Painful as claiming it may be, claiming it is a whole lot better than not claiming it. And we have a choice to make when it comes to this baggage. To claim or not to claim, that is the question. So let's start by claiming the, the baggage from things that have been done to us. And this can cover such a wide a range of baggage from mild childhood challenges to physical, emotional, psychological trauma. You know, we don't, we don't even realize oftentimes that we've checked the baggage since we're just so good, our, our psyche, our, our unconscious system is so good at shielding us from pain and hiding some things and putting them away in corners where we don't get to them so that we don't relive them. But it, uh, it, it does a very good job. But chances are, if the baggage has been checked, sooner or later, it'll come out. It, it doesn't stay hidden forever. Um, when I was about 40, I um, was going through a midlife thing. I was meeting with a pastor friend who also did some counseling. And in our counseling, there are things that I thought were some current issues, like between Carrie and me. You know, of course, how could that be possible, Carrie? But we um, actually had some roots way back in, you know, early teenage years. You know, oh, yeah, it's always your parents. No, it's not always your parents. But, you know, there are roots of things that you didn't even realize were going on that if you uh, weren't dealt with, and then they, but they do surface oftentimes in what we call, you know, this midlife crisis thing at, uh, around age 40, 45 uh, in that area. And, and where we think the problem is, isn't really the source of the problem at all. It's something far different from that. And so I had the privilege of having this counselor friend help me not only um, uh, claim that baggage, but also deal with it once it was claimed. And, and so we were kind of able to walk through that, able to kind of deal with that and, and recognize uh, what was what, what was causing some problems and, and able to deal with that. I would encourage you if, if you, if you have some stuff like that, I would encourage you to find a counselor, especially a Christian counselor, to help you walk through it. They have tools, they're trained, and they can help you uh, with those tools to walk through some of those challenges, especially if it's been stuff that's been stuffed away for years and years and years. Uh, Carrie has the name and number of several counselors that we refer people to, uh, Christian counselors, and we would love to, to hook you up if that would be helpful for you. You know, there's a really high cost emotional cost, psychological cost, and even a physical cost that results in not claiming checked baggage. And the longer we don't claim the baggage, the more impact it has on us and actually on those around us. Ignoring it does not make it go away. 
And yet, claiming it, it can be extremely painful, even if it involves, even if it means reliving some things that we really would rather forget. But the short-term pain of dealing with it um, is better because, I mean, living with that kind of thing for the rest of your life and just having it eat at you, it's much better to deal with it. The real challenge is this. Once we've claimed the baggage, the only way to find true freedom is through forgiveness. It's through forgiveness. Now, when we talk about forgiveness, we don't mean that what the other person did was okay. We're not saying that at all. You don't even need to have a face-to-face -face with that person. But it's allowing God to help release you so that it doesn't have control over you anymore, over your heart. You know, when I have a spirit of unforgiveness, I'm the, really the one that's suffering because I'm holding on, I'm distracted, I'm angry. And once I release that and say, okay, God, you're much better at this than I am, there's a sense of freedom mm. that happens. And so here's a definition that we use of forgiveness. Forgiveness says I'm not going to let that situation or that person control me anymore. We set appropriate boundaries if necessary. There's somebody that we quote a lot. You've heard us say this a lot. Her name is Anne Lamont. She says this, forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. We cannot change what happened. We can't say, oh, I wish it was different. It's not going to change. But our, our heart can change, mm. and we can move forward. Yeah, let's say that together. Forgiveness, forgiveness is, is giving, giving up, up all, all hope, hope of, of a, a better, better past. past. Challenging as that is, it's true, all the way to the core. But then on the other hand, there's the baggage that we've caused. Baggage from our own mistakes, from our mess-ups, from our sins. Type of baggage that you and I really like to hide from. Can I get an amen on that? Baggage that we love to keep checked forever if possible. But it's not possible. Because we cannot ignore this checked baggage. So we have to do something about it. Here's what scripture tells us. 1 John chapter 1. If we claim that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. If we claim that we've never sinned, we out and out contradict God. Make a liar out of him. A claim like that only shows off our ignorance of God. Mm. So we can only ignore the checked baggage for so long. As that scripture says, it's errant nonsense for us to think that we're free of sin. That's contrary to everything, contrary to everything we know to be true. And so we can only fool ourselves for so long. And then we have to come face to face with the facts and allow ourselves to be vulnerable as we admit our sins, as we fess up, as we come clean, as we come to claim our baggage. And so in order to 
confess our sin, we must first of all admit that we're a sinner, that we mess up, that we um, have caused harm or we have been hurt. We've got to take that first step as a start. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are sin-free. There's only one perfect person, and that's Jesus Christ. We've got to be willing to look in the mirror and see who we really are. I think step four of, um, in the big book, is taking a, an inventory of ourselves. And then we need to see who we are. We need to look in the mirror, take responsibility of choices that we've made and the consequences that have come from those choices. And it can be so, so painful. It can hurt way deep down because oftentimes we're not going to like what we see, that man in the mirror, that woman in the mirror. It's not who we really want to be when we look. But here's the cool thing about that. God sees someone different. God doesn't see us the way we see ourselves. God sees somebody beautiful and unique and special with a purpose and a plan. And that's where God wants to take us when we deal with our stuff, when we get real, when we're honest. So the good news is recognizing that gap between who we are and who God sees, that's the first step to claiming our baggage. Mm. And if we're willing to claim the baggage, if we're willing to admit that, uh, that we sin, if we're willing to come clean, well, then we get the blessing. Scripture tells us Jesus doesn't let us down, that he's true to himself and he forgives our sins and purges us of all wrongdoing. Now, the thing about this, this does not happen in isolation when you read through the rest of Scripture. We have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He died for you. He died for me. And he wants us to be in personal relationship with him. And so as we claim our baggage, we need to be able to claim Jesus as the one who can forgive us as well. And he can forgive us because he is the one and only one who lived a perfect life, unlike each of us who is a sinner. And, and living that perfect life, he then died on the cross and took that perfect life to the cross so that we might be forgiven for that sin. And so as we claim our baggage, we claim to be a sinner in need of a Savior. As we claim our baggage, we claim that we cannot save ourselves. As we claim our baggage, we claim that Jesus is the one, the only one, the one and only one who can save us. Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. As Romans 6.23 tells us, the wages of sin is death. But, and this is one of the most important buts you'll ever come across. <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus Lord. It's important for us to remember, to for, never forget that Jesus loves each and every one of us just as we are, but way too much to leave us there. So in addition to sharing 
our stuff, our baggage with Jesus, and nothing we say will <laughs> surprise him. He already knows it. It's important to share it with someone else, another person. Here's what we find in the book of James. That's in the second half of the Bible. James in chapter 5 says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Well, I am. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Alan, I just realized that it would be important to share that Tuesday mornings, this church is open from 7 to 8 in the morning to come and to pray and to be in the presence of the Lord at the start of your day. It's a precious time, and we encourage you, if your schedule allows, to do that. And then there's the line about um, let all call on the elders of the church to pray and anoint. We have worship and prayer services every other month on a Sunday night, and this is an opportunity to come and experience mm. that. Mm. And so what we're told here is don't just share your, your sin with God, but share with one another. And, and just a cautionary note there, you, you can't just share it with anybody. You got to do that cautiously. It's not a, when you put yourself in a vulnerable position, you got to be very careful who you allow yourself to be vulnerable with. It's got to be someone that you're close, personal uh, to, uh, spiritually, relationally. You got to be careful who you claim your baggage with. Sharing our baggage, sharing our sin, though, is very important because it keeps it real. And when I've shared with other people, and it's hard to do, but when I'm able to do it, it's a good thing because, first of all, it's, it's so freeing. First of all, it makes it real. You can't unclaim it once you've claimed it with somebody else. <laughs> there's, no, uh, there's no take backs. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no take backs. <laughs> But the thing you find is that um, you're not quite so isolated as you might have thought, and sometimes what you thought was you were the only one in the world that had that challenge, it's shared by some others as well. Truly claim it, you do so in front of another person. That's why small groups are so important. That's an opportunity for us to get to know others, to get on a, a personal level where we're able to do that kind of sharing give us an opportunity to get close enough to those around us to be willing to share the kind of things that we often would try to avoid sharing with other people, our challenges, our shortcomings, our sins, our baggage. Came in a little early this morning, so I want to make sure I was all squared away with the arm and everything, and, uh, and I got an email from a guy who, gosh, I haven't directly heard from for a long time. He went to graduate school with me. I don't mean seminary, I mean way back in like 1976, 77 graduate school. I went out in Indiana for a year. In fact, he was a, a groomsman in our wedding. And we kept touch for a while with some 
uh, Christmas cards and stuff over the years, but it's kind of a lost touch. I see once in a while Facebook posting of his and family and stuff, but I get this long email from him this morning. He opens by telling me who he is, and he didn't have to quite go the detail because I know exactly who he is as soon as he gave me his name. But the second paragraph starts, life has not been kind. And he goes on to point out that um, his wife and he have been separated for two years after 30 years of marriage, and now she's leaving permanently and points out that his children he's kind of estranged from, and he has a PhD, I think, in library science. He was a librarian, but that job didn't work out when he changed to, and long story short, he was out of work for a couple years, and now he's a PhD who's running a cash register to CVS out in the Midwest. And one paragraph just struck me and just absolutely broke my heart and continues to break my heart. He says, and this is a guy who, when we were in, in, in grad school, he's the one that went to church every Sunday. <laughs> Not me. I was in a suite with like, uh, there was 10 of us in there. I think he's the only one that regularly went to church and still does, I'm sure. But I think he's feeling pretty far from God as well as everything else right now is what he says. He says, anyway, both my parents are dead. I was close to Pop, who died in 2010. My wife gone and my career non-existent. I'm nobody's son, husband, father, friend, or brother. My brothers think I should just snap out of my depression and anxiety. They're disappointed in me. I'm really not much good for anything. I often pray at night for God to take me during the night, but he's not listening. I'm wondering as passionately as possible whether it's worth me going on or not. He goes on with some more in that paragraph. Starts the next paragraph by saying, I see old men come into the store and I ask God, please don't make me live that long. Dying tomorrow would be just fine with me. How gut-wrenching is that? And this is a guy who believes in Christ as his Savior. But he's got, for our analogy today, he's just got bags. He's got baggage on Apparently baggage with a woman that he's been married to for 30 years and apparently some baggage with children. I'm sure there's some baggage with God in there. Some baggage with who he thought he was going to be or what he was going to do and he's running a cash register now and apparently for him that doesn't really add up to being a PhD and can you feel all the kind of bags there? And I'm not sure how he's going to deal with those bags. I plan to contact him, phone, email, and a lot of baggage, isn't it? And wow, where do you even start? And it doesn't sound like to me that he has a small group, and I wish he did. Because he's in the Midwest, I'm here, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I just wish I knew that he had a, a, a foundation there of, of face-to-face -face that he could connect with. You know what I mean? If you're in a small group, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not a cure-all. It doesn't necessarily take away depression. It doesn't necessarily take away anxiety, but at least you got somebody to connect to, somebody to talk to, a, a face to connect with. 
I share this with you just because um, this could happen to anybody. I mean, this guy, like you said, back when we were in grad school, he, he was a fun guy. He says he can't afford the gag writers now, though. <laughs> and he's kind of lost his fun. And that's a shame. That's a shame. And part of it is, has to do if we don't deal with the baggage as it comes. We need to deal with that baggage. And one important aspect of that is to have people around us who can help us. I think a small group, that's not a cure-all, but I think it's an important part of, of, of who we are, important part of, of um, claiming our baggage. We don't feel so isolated and alone because we find also that other people kind of share some of the baggage that we do when we're in a small group together. You know, other people can encourage you. Encourage you, if you're not in a small group already, get in one, please. Like I say, it's not a cure-all, but it's an opportunity to have people around you who you can connect with and go deeper with and be able to share with and be able to deal with some baggage with. Encourage you strongly to take care of that. See, Laurie, if you're not in one. So we're both in small groups, just so you know. We're both in groups, and... Uh, and we still got baggage. But. <laughs> we got baggage. <laughs> but it's a lifeline. It really is. Thank you, girls, for my group. Yay. Um, so what happened to our friend didn't just happen overnight. You know, when I was reading that, we were getting ready to preach that, like Alan, I could just imagine this whole row of stuff that's so heavy. And when you open up a bag, it, you know, it's got layers and layers. So it's important to get one of those bags, open it up, see what's in there, start there, work with uh, your small group, uh, a counselor. I'm happy to make some uh, referrals. So our question today is this. What baggage do you need to claim this morning? We've all got it. Every one of us has it. What baggage do you need to claim? What sin in your life, what hurt, hang up, or habit, what mess up do you need to claim? Take ownership of, take responsibility of. Is there some long checked baggage that you need to deal with? Who are you close enough to that you can trust? and get started on this. Are you ready to share it with Jesus? He's ready to listen. He's ready to listen. Just open up the Bible, the book of Psalms, read Psalm 61. You'll know that you're not alone when you cry out to God. King David did that. What baggage do you need to share with Jesus? And perhaps the first step would be claiming Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I try to be like the God of my own life. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Lead me. I want you to be the leader, not me. I confess that without you, life doesn't make sense kind of that easy and then experience the freedom and the the weightlessness 
that leaving that baggage gone away, you know, you can just be lighter and you just got a little duffel bag for a while. Yeah, yeah. The good news is that Christ is there ready to meet us right where we are and then take us to the next place he wants us to be. It's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, it's um, really hard because life doesn't make sense, and even though we believe and, and we seek and we pray and we read the book, and even if we're in small groups, we still find ourselves in these places that feel dark and just don't make sense, and we feel distant from you. Wherever we are, Lord, on that uh, continuum, <laughs> we know, we trust that you're still there, and you're still speaking words of grace and compassion and mercy into our lives, even if we can't hear it above the din. And we thank you that you loved us enough to die and rise again, to give us purpose and a plan, to give us a place with you forever. I thank you and praise you this day and all days. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.